I'm looking out the window and see if my car's still there the next day. You know, every time the car came in at three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a tow truck, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that first year was brutal. And then, you know, the second year was just, it was like our year. It was like, okay, we figured out the formula. And, uh, What is going on, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast with me, your host, Bobby Walker, and you just entered the No Bitch Zone. This podcast is all about living the life that you want, chasing your dreams, and being the captain of your own ship. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. What is going on, everybody? It is Bobby Walker with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast. Today, I'm joined by Chris Martinez. And Chris, we're going to get to you in a minute. But like I tell many of my guests, I just need you to sit there and look pretty just for a second. All right. Just a beautiful smile you got going there. And uh, I just want to share a few things with the guests. First off, guys, thank you for being here. Uh, it's, you know what? Can I be honest with you guys? I was about to say it's because of you that I do this show. But the real reason I do it is I like to talk a lot. But <laughs> I probably wouldn't have done as many of them if it wasn't for you. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for the encouragement. Uh, you guys, uh, you motivate me every day. There's always someone reaching out to me, and I really, really appreciate it. I uh, got some new reviews on iTunes, which, again, boosts my ego, makes me feel good on that. Uh, so thank you guys for that. I'll probably read some of those here in the next week or two. And then um, la- uh, next, I, I want to get into the show's sponsor. And for those of you that have like kind of created the JNE drinking game, the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast drinking game, get ready. Response a bid. All right. There's your first one. Okay. Someone posted the other day and they were like, hey, every time Bobby name drops Josh Latimer or Brandon Vaughn or says response a bid or jobber or something like that, uh, we need to take a drink. And I'm like, well, you guys are not going to last very long into the podcast. So anyway, uh, response a bid. Guys, they sponsor the show and here's why. Because I've been an, a huge, monstrous fan of those guys for uh, two plus years. I don't remember exactly, but it's been a little longer than two years ago. I, I signed up for it at the huge convention in New Orleans back in, I think it was 2017, if I remember correctly. And literally, the first weekend I got that up and going, it sold a job for me on my website. I fell in love, and it has made me a ton of money since. What is responsive bid? Thank you for asking. I appreciate that. I I can't tell you everything that it does, but let me tell you a few things. First off, it's a salesperson that never calls in sick, never goes to sleep, and never messes up. While you are asleep at night, responsive bids out there on your website waiting for people to come by, see what they're wanting. It gives them the accurate price because it's smart like that, yo. And then it'll close the deal and you will wake up with money in a PayPal account with a deposit and they're on your schedule and your technicians are ready to go do the job and you didn't have to do anything. That part is awesome. It handles your follow-up. It handles bid creation. It handles I can't even, uh, scheduling. It is great. So here's the thing. Chris, you're going to help me with this little uh, promo here at the beginning. You ready for this? 
I'm ready, dude. Okay. So earlier today, somebody, um, actually, this is a friend of mine named Josh. He sent me this and he goes, thanks, Responsibid. So Chris, can you first uh, read that top line there? Your Responsibid just went pending. Okay. So his Responsibid just went pending. And Congratulations. Then, the booking is ready. And then what's that his, say on the bottom? Roof cleaning deluxe, $3,488. Man. So this is my buddy who uh, this at, let me make sure. That, yeah. So at 1023 AM today, he just gets an email. He's driving down the road, going to a sales appointment. He gets an email. Someone got a quote, booked a job. How much was that? 3,400. Is that what we just said? Uh, 3,488 bucks. How awesome is that? It's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. So let me add one more thing. So we're going to turn the responsibility commercial off, but guys check out responsibility. If you're interested, go to jnebid.com and you can get a special, you will get a special that no one else gets. Not only do you get a two-week free trial, not only do you get a discounted monthly rate when you use my link, and not only do you save money on the setup up front, but you also get a free month of service. All right, so you get a free month with all of those other things only available for JNE listeners at jnebid.com. And it's actually kind of cool. Even if you're not interested, click on the link and read the little blurb on there. Kurt talked about me like strong arming him and getting this special deal because we are the first people that he's ever done a special deal for, the, the JNE podcast. So you guys should feel special because you are, because you are. Um, but Chris, before we jump into this, can I can we share the, the, this this bid? Okay, responsive bid, commercial over. But we're gonna do something we don't typically do on the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast and talk a little nuts and bolts on business. If you'll notice, it said that was deluxe window or deluxe roof cleaning. And you might say, Bob, what's deluxe roof cleaning? I mean, you're either gonna clean the roof or you're not. So, guys, this is how you can get. You don't have to be, have responsive bid for this. This is just a freebie. Okay. You can raise your average ticket prices by doing a few basic things. I'm going to go real smooth, real quick over this. We're not going to do a deep dive. But the first thing you have to do is you got to quote everything you offer. All right. Always quote everything you offer. Second thing, though, you're going to do is you got to give them options. Now, this person only got a quote on roof cleaning. They went to the website and that's all they selected, roof cleaning. Well, they don't get just one option. He has roof cleaning that he calls it budget. I know this because he copied mine. He calls it budget. And the budget cleaning is really just a normal roof cleaning. And he gives them a one-year warranty with it. And he calls it budget because it makes them feel cheap if they click on the cheap one. You know, he's like, ah, you're the budget shopper, right? And then the other one, I think it's premium, if I remember right, what it's called. And all, all it is is a second year on the warranty, which who wouldn't warranty a roof for two years? They're not going to get dirty again in two years, right? So to add that second year of warranty that costs him virtually nothing, out of 500 of them, he might have to go back and do one. He got an extra $500 just for having those two options on there. He did no extra work, no extra cost to his company, and he made an extra 500 bucks on that particular one. So guys, give people options. Some people, it's a value to them. And here's the thing, if it's not a value to them, they won't buy it. And if it is, they will. And all of that is good, wholesome, easy ways to make money. So that was a freebie. Now we're going to get out of the nuts and bolts and we're going to get into a story that uh, honestly is the one I've looked forward to the most since the, uh, since the Pat Clark episode, guys. Pat had an epic story and I know a little bit about Chris's and he does too. Chris, welcome to the show, bro. How you doing? 
I'm doing well, man. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. Well, listen, I'm glad to have you here. And I want to say one more little thing. Listeners, we have had a little bit of an audio problem. So if it gets a little choppy, push through this one because Chris is worth listening to. So Chris, I saw you, I mean, I've been doing this thing for almost three years ago. So I'm just going to, we're going to round up to three years to make it easy. So basically three years ago, I uh, lost my job and I started a window cleaning company and, you know, I'm finding the groups and the window cleaning groups on Facebook and stuff. And I start seeing the stuff about Chris Martinez. And, and actually, I remember, I think the first time I ever actually saw you surface was you, you came in one day and it was probably in March and you said, uh, or maybe, I don't know, I forget what, it's probably March. And you were like, how's all my motivated people out there? And then everyone was like, oh my God, it's Chris Martinez. And they were like, you're the most motivated guy of us all. And everyone's just, you know, thinking you're amazing. And, and I tried to say something funny and no one laughed and thumbs up my, my post. So I just got lost in the shuffle. And I thought, man, I kind of want to be like Chris one day because everyone loves him and the guy's killing it. And then I heard you on Josh Latimer's quick talk podcast, um, which I don't remember that episode, but guys, if you want to hear a good one, go listen to that. And ever since I've kind of watched you from afar and it's been kind of cool because you've like on purpose kind of like left the scene a little bit, not like window cleaning, but like you pulled yourself away from like the stuff like I'm doing, I, you know, to focus on some ministry and things like that, which is really cool. And we're going to talk about in a minute and, and um, you're just doing some cool stuff. So dude, I'm glad to have you. I've kind of fanboyed uh, over you. And even though you blocked me on Facebook one time, I don't know what's up with that. We'll, we'll get into that a little later in the show. And uh, <laughs> true story, guys, if we don't get into it, remind us. But um, Chris, give us the little overview, man. Give us that 60, 90 second, you know, who you are. Yeah, man. So uh, basically, I'm a husband, father. Um, I was welder before I started my window cleaning company. And I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. And me and my wife had a desire to help people. We, we just really wanted to help, uh, particularly people that have gone through a lot of things in their life, uh, chaos, single moms, kids. Uh, and I'll, I'll share a little bit of my story later. Mm-hmm. Um, but we couldn't do that with working uh, 80 hours a week. You either have time, no money, or you have money, no time. Yep. And decided to start a company. And it was window cleaning I decided to start. And um, that company, uh, year one was brutal. Uh, but then we hired a mentor, uh, got a business coach. And year two, we just took off. And then ever since then, year three, year four, year five. And we've had some dips, man. We've went through some trials. We've learned a lot of things. Um, but we've built a business. Um, literally, it's our dream business. And it, and it funds the, the, the cool part about it is it, it funds our dreams. And, mm-hmm. and I don't mean like we, we live in a nice house and we drive a nice car, but um, we get to help people. And that's yeah. the best part about it is, is like, um, man, we've built a business that literally uh, funds helping people. And that's pretty yeah. cool. So that's, that's that it cool. in a nutshell. So we're about five years old. Uh, January, we'll be going on six years. Uh, we're a small company. People think sometimes that I have a million dollar company. Uh, I've, we have this small dynamite of a company that is just explosive. Mm. Um, and, and we're just, we're blessed, man. So that, that's it in a nutshell. That's That's awesome. The the business side in a nutshell. Well, you know, I think it's one thing that, uh, one of the things that I've seen you talk about over the last, well, you know, two, three years here is, um, you know, you've kind of chosen a, uh, we'll call it a smaller path or a smaller company. You know, you could make more money, but 
uh, you're like, you know, I can make more money or I can make more impact. And you built yeah. a business to support you to go do these, uh, you know, charitable things that, that you want to do. But before we get into that stuff, um, I really kind of want to get into like the nitty gritty. And again, it's one of the things that really just, you know, draws me to you and makes, and makes me love your story. Um, you, you told a story I heard one time where you, I don't know if you woke up to it or if you were, I don't know if you were asleep or were sitting in the room playing a video game or what, but the door gets kicked in, dudes with machine guns come in and then your life changed. Um, yeah. Now, I think it would be cool if you don't mind, if I may be so bold, I'd like to kind of start hearing your story even before that, like kind of what, what led up to that. And, and then we'll get to, we'll get to the business here in a little bit, but I'd really like to hear kind of like that, that, uh, that dark past that, that helped mold you to who you are today. Absolutely. Um, I'll start from the beginning, man. I'll give you the quick elevator pitch, uh, for that life. Okay. Um, my mom was a crack addict. My dad was a heroin addict. Uh, and when I say things like that, like I, like my mom was missing all of her teeth, mm -hmm. uh, literally get pulled over with my mom in the car one time and almost get arrested for prostitution. Wow. Uh, like I'm picking up a prostitute. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, literally like a crackhead heroin addict, uh, by the time I was two years old, I was placed in foster care. Uh, lived with 13 different families by the time I was 11 years old. Um, I, I've had to face all, all those same things that my family faced, you know, addiction, still, still facing those things too, by the way. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not, uh, that's one thing uh, that I like to talk about is addictions too, because it's still something that I struggle with even to this day. Um, re rejection, abandonment, um, I mean, you know, abuse in every sense of the word abuse, uh, physical, emotional, sexual. Um, I mean, you name it, I've been there, done that. Um, and then finally a family took me in at about 11 years old, about, yeah, about my, they call them forever homes. Uh, so my forever family took me in around 11 years old and, um, man, I gave them hell. Like <laughs> they, were, they didn't know what they were signing up for when they took me in this uh, kid. Um, and they couldn't legally adopt me. So my mom still had uh, a say so. So my mm -hmm. mom, it was like almost like a divorce. My mom still had weekends. Um, so I'm going back and forth from this family that loves me and has rules and regulations and boundaries to a family that is chaotic. Um, I mean, my mom lived in a shack with rats, you know, uh -huh. and then I'm going back to a rich family that lives in a mansion, going back to a shack with rats and, you know, uh, just back and forth, man. And, you know, all that stuff set in with me with the drug addiction at a young age, at about 13 years old. Um, I always say, you know, it, it was like one of those things where uh, it was normal. Like I didn't do it because it was cool. Uh, it was a normal thing for someone in my environment to grow up and, and you know, and be a drug addict or, or go to prison. It was just a normal thing. It was yeah. something that you grew up to do. And uh, well, fast forward a little bit. I moved to Austin and uh, had some relatives out there in Austin that were, were heavy, heavy into drug dealing. And uh, so I kind of switched from the drug use, still was doing drugs, but went more into the drug dealing side of it than I did the drug use side of it. 
and um, went from, I mean, kilos of cocaine, to kilos of methamphetamine. Mm. Uh, here in Houston, we have something called uh, drank, you know, the promethazine cough syrup. And, um, and, and finally, I uh, met someone that grew weed, and uh, that was his specialty. So we kind of shifted out of the hard drugs and shifted more into grow houses. So we mm. set up like a state-of-the-art house and started growing weed. And uh, that's when our uh, legal problems uh, started, um, you know, four o'clock in the morning. I mean, this was a house, dude, it was a four bedroom house, three bedroom house. We had uh, a room dedicated to mother plants, a, a room dedicated to uh, uh, vegging, uh, you know, another one dedicated to harvesting. So, I mean, this thing, you know, it was state of the art and, um, you know, four o'clock in the morning, masked up men with machine guns, just get on the ground, get on the ground. And, uh, wow. you know, that right there, like, there was a whole investigation going on. There was a federal investigation. Uh, I can't give a whole lot of details, but someone else in there, I mean, they got federal time. Um, luckily, I didn't get any of that federal time. Um, 99 plants. Um, or over in, in America is federal. It's a mandatory five-year uh, prison sentence. And we had just less, I mean, just barely less than 100 plants. Wow. And, and it was a miracle the way it happened because a lot of those plants died and we've never had plants die. So it was just a complete, <laughs> just miracle. Like we should have been doing a five-year mandatory minimal sentence, but it didn't happen that way. And uh, while I'm sitting there in, in a jail, there's a there's a, an investigation going on. So there's like a we're in solitary confinement and uh, I'm sitting there in jail. And that's when I started to kind of realize, you know, I'm going to I'm going to prison or I'm not going to prison. I started thinking, like, you're most likely not going to go to prison. Like uh, you didn't get caught with any hard stuff. You know, this is just it's, it's weed. You'll, you'll be you'll be OK. And then, you know, my lawyer started telling me that, like, hey, you'll be OK. We'll get you off. Worry. And then the next thought was, okay, what happens when I don't go to prison? What do I do now? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, do, do, I, do I still live this lifestyle? You know, most of my family uh, has been in prison or they're still in prison. You know, uh, my aunt's doing, doing a sentence right now for a Ponzi scheme. You know, my cousins, aunts, uncles, my dad. You know, I was like, I don't want to spend half of my life in prison. And I don't want to spend most of my life a, a drug addict. And I don't want to be, uh, and I started thinking about all these things I don't want to do. And it was just like, well, what else is there to do? And uh, man, I became a welder. And I just said, dude, I'm gonna work 80 hours a week. And I'm just gonna focus on grinding. That's all I'm gonna do. And uh, slowly left that lifestyle. Um, you know, when I was on pretrial probation, so you can't get in any kind of trouble then. And it really helped me, man. It really mm. focused me for the next, you know, six months on what I was going to do for my life. I got sober. I got clean. Uh, that didn't last too long. And, um, you know, um, but it really helped me uh, focus to where I was yeah. going to do with the next. That was 10 years ago. So now 10 years ago, here I am. Wow. And I made a strategic plan 10 years ago you know, hey, man, this is where I want to be in 10 years. And that's why I'm so passionate about this, because I literally designed my life. I, I didn't get lucky. Um, mm. No one's ever gave me anything. Like, I literally had to struggle, um, cry, um, you know, get made fun of. I mean, everything that you can think of, like, mm -hmm. to get to where I am today. And, you know, today I'm happily married, got three beautiful kids that, 
um, I would say that statistically speaking, I shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I shouldn't have the marriage I have, the kids I have, or the business I have. And uh, that's why I'm so passionate, man. Because it's like, I'm not special. I'm not smart. If I can, anybody can. It's, yeah. it's just, what kind of drive do you have? How bad do you want it? You know? Let me ask so you that, a question, that's Chris. My, that's the personal story in a nutshell. Yeah, go for it. So back, you know, pre-bust, okay? pre-machine guns kicking in the door. Um, now I know like the stuff you were doing, but like what kind of guy were you? Were you, uh, were you still like a nice dude or were you uh, a real a-hole that was mean to people or, or, you know, or, or same personality that you have today or what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I was never a mean dude. Like matter of fact, in high school, I liked to fight. I was always fighting the bullies. So I was the bully to the bullies. So like I grew up a punk rocker, mohawk, spiky hair. Matter, dude, you look really good for being bald, bro. I'm, <laughs> I'm admiring that because I'm I'm just figuring all this out, man. Yeah. Back in my day, full set of hair. So I always I always fought, you know, the bullies, and so I was never an a hole. I was never a douchebag. Yeah. But man. Um, I still had to relearn a lot of stuff. And I'll give you mm. an example. Like, um, I, dude, I just how to treat, you know, my wife would have never married me. You know, like I grew up, you know, all women are hoes and they're, mm. they're going to cheat on you. So you might as well cheat on me first. I'm the youngest out of five brothers grew up in a boy's home. So there wasn't, you know, any sensitivity mm. there, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, another one I had to relearn uh, the, the poor mentality. Uh, people don't realize this, but it costs more money being broke than it does having money um I, and i give you an example like growing up for me you cashed your check at the check cashing place you didn't go to the bank mm -hmm. um you know you and that's another thing i had to go and relearn all this stuff you know no one taught me how to do a budget no one yeah. taught me you know how to be a good husband or a good father like i remember you know even when i met my wife the way i talked to her and people were like you can't talk to girls that way and i've had to <laughs> relearn all that stuff so you know i, I but I, I was never, you know, aggressive. I was never the fighter type of thing. Yeah. I always wanted to bind to others, but I was a product of my environment. Yeah. That makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. So, okay. So you, you know, you get arrested. You, did you just get put on probation then at that point? Or did you, did you serve any yeah. time at all? No, well, we, dude, I had to hire um, a, an attorney. His name is Joe Joe Turner. He was Willie Nelson's attorney. Hmm. Uh, the way it happened. So we would grow this weed and then we would front out a lot of the weed. So when we got busted, when I got out, I still had money on the streets. So I collected a lot, <laughs> a lot as much money as I could. Mm -hmm. And we paid about 15 grand for this attorney. And uh, it was Matthew McConaughey's attorney when he got in his weed trouble playing bongos naked. It was Willie Nelson's attorney when he gets in trouble every time. So, um, yeah. you know, we, yeah, we were in good hands. Um, so like our attorney, matter of fact, they usually give you three offers. And the first two offers, um, like the first offer was uh, like five years in prison. I was like, I didn't pay you this much money to go to prison, you know. And then the second offer was 10 years probation. I was like, I'm better off going yeah. to prison than being on five years probation. And then uh, the third offer was two years probation. And by that time, my attorney said, hey, dude, don't even worry about the probation. We're going to beat this. 
and they ended up beating it on technicalities. Um, they didn't have a, a valid war a search warrant to come mm. into the house. They were trying to use the other investigation to come into our. Uh, so they were, you know, if we didn't have great attorneys, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, it was it, it is a god thing, if you ask me, man, because I yeah. should be in prison today. Um, you know, I should be dead. I should, you know, be in, a bum on the streets, man. But here I am talking to Mr. Bobby Walker. So that's yeah, here we are. <laughs> okay, so so you don't you don't spend time in in prison. So then what? So you you did the six months for a, a trade school, became a welder, right? Now, at what yep. point do you meet your uh, soon eventual wife? Well, me and my wife dated. Uh, I say dated. I have a I have a thirteen year old daughter right now, so she's okay. not dating anybody. <laughs> um, but when we were thirteen, we went to the same school and mm. uh, we dated. And mm. um, so uh, we dated for two three years, you know, to about fifteen years old, and um, we went our separate ways. And then later on in life. Um, Okay. Met back up with each other. And so when was, was that? Was that after? Did you guys meet back yeah. up after all that? Or it was about a year after I got uh, arrested. And okay. man, I was I was a wreck. I was a mess. Uh, and she was somebody that was just kept to me. And matter of fact, I have to be at work at five o'clock in the morning. She would call me at four thirty to make sure I'm awake and start doing, um, you know, prayer and Bible study and, you know, Hey, just speaking life, you know, yeah. just like, Hey man, you're not a loser. You're not, you know, you, you have purpose and you have something inside you, you know, and I mm -hmm. it was really, you know, the first girl female, cause every relationship I've ever been in was a chaotic relationship um, where I'm just trying to cheat on you first before mm -hmm. you cheat on me. And then here comes a relationship where it was like, no, man, I want to speak life into you. You have purpose, you have meaning, and uh, let's let's pull that out of you. So that's cool. Oh, all right, we lost Chris here, so I'm going to just keep this thing running, and we'll see how soon he gets back on here. All right, I see you. Can I hear you? Can you hear all me? Right. Yeah, well, I don't know what happened there. Uh, well, it was. You were your audio was coming through. You got a little choppy, but I I haven't even stopped the recording, so we'll let all the guys know about that um, as soon as uh, or as long as you can okay. still hear me. I can hear you, man. All right, cool, cool. So, uh, so you know, I just so you know what I heard last. You were you were talking about your wife that basically she you know you're saying that she's speaking life into you. She's she's supporting you. She's she's calling you at four thirty in the morning, making sure that you said your prayers and ate your vitamins and going to work and, and all that good stuff. And that's awesome. So she's, she's making sure you're a good little Hulkamaniac. Um, <laughs> as I'm showing my age at, at that point, but um, so, so you go to, go to school, you get a job welding and then I guess I can do the math here. So uh, you, you welded for about three years before you decided to start your business, I guess. Yep. That's right. Yeah, okay. I was living in Austin, Texas, and uh, Katie was but my wife was my girlfriend at the time was actually living in Houston, um, mm -hmm. and she was either moving to Austin or I was moving to Houston. And welding, uh, Houston is where it's at. That's where the yeah. oil is. That's where the energy is. And uh, I said, you know what? I can make a hundred grand a year in Houston, or I can make sixty, seventy grand in Austin. I'm going to Houston. Yeah. And uh, Houston, and um, you know. Well, yeah, 
that welded there for about a year before I, it, the oil is actually the oil that really did it for me. Uh, Cause we were working 80 hours a week and then that 80 went to 60 and then that 60 went to 40 and then that 40 went to 30 and then that 30 went to 20. And then soon, you know, before you know it, I'm, I'm a $30 and dollar an hour guy painting, you know, yellow safety cones, <laughs> you know, I'm like this isn't going to happen too much longer. I'm sweeping. I was yeah. like, oh, they're not going to be around too much longer. And I started talking to my wife about starting a business and I really wanted to be a welder. That's what I was thinking about. Like, I'm going to start a business being a welder. Uh, uh, but I, I washed windows when I was younger. Uh, it was my, actually one of my first jobs. And I remember I worked, I washed windows from about 18 years old to about 24 years old. And I worked for Window Genie, Window Gang, and all these different hmm. companies. Not all $1,800 a week as an employee. And I remember thinking like, you know what, maybe I'll start my own window cleaning company. I remember dude, I worked for a window gang and they were doing like $2 million a year in Austin, Texas. And I was like, I can do that. If he can do it, I can do it. And yep. um, started talking to my wife about it. And, you know, people are like window cleaning, like, dude, what are you doing? Are, are you an idiot? Like, <laughs> you know, you're going to go from welding to window cleaning. And, and I was just like, I just, I just know it. So I actually started, I told my weld shop, let me work the night shift. And I started uh, window washing in the day shift. Um, I, was, I was welding from six o'clock at night to about six o'clock in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. And then I was washing windows from about eight o'clock in the morning to about four o'clock in the afternoon. I was passing out flyers. I was, you know, if I was getting, mm -hmm. a, if I didn't have a job, passing out flyers. If I, I wasn't passing out flyers, I was doing jobs. And then uh, my wife, dude, luck. I mean, she was cool. She's just like, go work and go, go stack some money, you know, and I'll take care of the kids. And I was like, cool. And literally dude, 18, 20 hours a day. I was yep. washing windows in the day, building at night, washing windows in the day. And then soon enough, I was like, screw this welding thing, man. Let's go start washing <laughs> some windows. And that's, yeah. that's how it started. You know, that's awesome. That's so, yeah. Now, what gave you the idea of window cleaning? You just, it, was it, you just happened to get a job with one of those companies? Like you didn't say, I'm going to go work for a window cleaner. You just happened to get a job with one. Is that what happened or yeah. what? So when I was 18, um, I, mind you, I was, I was still living at home uh, with my forever home. Mm -hmm. uh, I was already a drug addict. I was already uh, on my way out. Matter of fact, um, I was getting in so much trouble because I was bringing drugs in the home and alcohol in the home. I was, I got kicked out of school. So they hired uh, a school teacher for me. Like, um, they hired like a personal tutor for me. And I, at the time was working at the airport, washing airplanes in exchange for private, uh, lessons to learn how to be a pilot. Hmm. And that was my goal at the time because I wanted to be a pilot. I had everything to be a pilot. I just couldn't get clean to pass the physical, the drug test part of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, my teacher, or my teacher tells me, um, my husband is hiring a window cleaner and he's looking for somebody to wash windows and he'll pay you cash every day. So I quit my airport job, started working for him. And that dude only had like a job, maybe one or two times a week. I'm freaking out. Like, what am I supposed to do? You hired me. You told me I was never make any money. I never work. And I see a window genie van go I'm yelling at this dude and I'm like, I'm calling them up and I'm getting another <laughs> job, another window cleaning. 
call the window genie up and uh, sure enough, they're hiring. They're like, man, we need light. And I'm gone. I'm the window genie. I said, you're going to screw yourself. They're going to work you to death. And I was like, that's what I need. You need to work to death. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that's when my window career started. So, all right. Can you hear me, Chris? It got a little choppy there. Uh, there he is. All right. I can see him again. Chris, are you back? I'm here, man. All right. Now we're, we're crystal clear again. Okay. So your first year of business, I think, I think your question you were asking me was, have I read the E-Myth? Yeah. Hey, can you hear me though, before we get back started? Yep. Yep. Hear you awesome. loud and clear. Yep. Uh, yeah. I've read the E-Myth probably, probably four times, maybe four or five times. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's a good one. So for me, I never read the email. I, when I started my business, I had this thought process. There was two things I thought. I'm the hardest worker there is, and I can get the best window. So that means no one out there is going to beat me. Yeah. And I remember, like, uh, I never thought about it. Like, I was supplementing my window cleaning with welding. So I never really thought about you have two jobs. That's why you're doing so well. Mm -hmm. You just think um, – man, I'm washing windows all the time, you know, and I'm working mm -hmm. all the time. And so when I quit the welding job, I, I quickly noticed like, oh man, you've been passing out more flyers than you have been washing windows. And, um, so that first year, um, I, I didn't know how to get my phone to ring. I didn't know how, once I did get the phone to ring, I didn't know how to sell it. Um, I didn't know how to train the guys to go do the job. Uh, so everything was broken in, in every, every way. Um, and, and then when I did learn how to get the phone to ring, I couldn't figure out how to sell the job. And that was where it got really frustrating for me. Cause it was like, I'm really good at marketing, but you suck sales, man. Cannot, <laughs> you, I mean, dude, you have a, you know, I remember somebody like, you should have like a, at least a 50%. And I'm like, oh, I'm at like 15%. You know, if I do a hundred estimates, I got 15 clubs out of it. You know? Three, two, one. All right, Chris, we're back from our technical issues here. Listeners, thank you for hanging with us on all that. So Chris, you just got to the part. You said that your wife mentioned that you should get a coach or a mentor because you had been, um, you were thinking about quitting, going back into doing uh, welding. She said, get a coach or a mentor. And then you had mentioned that you ended up signing up with uh, Street Bitter, which ended up becoming Sin Gym. And actually, I'm very familiar with it. I'm actually doing a Sin Gym webinar on uh, Wednesday night. So uh, for those of you that listen, if I put this thing out early enough, Wednesday night of what, what, what is today? So today's the 4th and uh, November 6th, we're doing a Sin Gym webinar. But anyway, um, so you, you sign up for Street Bitter, and that's as far as we got. Yeah, so I signed up for Street Bitter. While I have Josh on the phone selling me on Street Bitter, he's also selling me on this book called Window Wealth. Now, I already have this thing where I'm like, I don't, I don't like gurus. I don't, I don't need anybody teaching me how to wash windows and how to be a better <laughs> window cleaner. And, uh, well, long story short, man, I kept getting, you know, this email or something that, you know, uh, talks about window wealth, window wealth, window wealth. Now I'm struggling, you know, and I was like, mm -hmm. it's like a hundred bucks. And I said, you know what, dude, I'll spend the $97 uh, to buy the window wealth and bought the window wealth kit came with a little key. Uh, it was like a little PDF book. 
I plugged that thing in and no joke, dude, I stayed up to about three o'clock in the morning, went through the whole thing. And, uh, he started talking about building these packages on basic deluxe and premium. And from there, uh, we started tripling, you know, our, our, our sales and doubling our sales. Um, from yeah. that, from that, I ended up, you know, um, going to the huge convention and when the huge convention was being advertised, there was a guy, the keynote speaker for that year was Howard Partridge. Well, Howard Partridge lived in my neck of the woods. Yep. And he had something going on at his, um, at his carpet cleaning company. And when I went to his carpet cleaning company, there was a, a couple of things that I noticed was this dude's a real deal. Like he has a real company. He's not a business coach. Like most of the business coaches I knew of, that was the only thing they ever did was let me show you how to grow a business. And I was like, well, what business have you grown? Well, my yeah. coaching business. And I was like, okay. And I got, <laughs> I got there and it's like, yeah, man, like, you know, he's got 30 employees and he's got, you know, all these vans and, you know, I was just like, this dude's doing it. And yeah. uh, I signed up for two months before, I think it was two months before the convention, I signed up for his coaching program. And, um, Santi was one of my personal, Santiago was one of my personal coaches. Great dude. And, and man, between Josh Latimer and Howard and Santi, um, literally in that three months, man, I turned my business around. We went from doing, you know, two grand a month, four grand a month, you know, maybe eight grand a month to doing 26 to $30,000 a month, just like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, the next year, I was just like, man, I didn't, it, I didn't change. It was just the knowledge that I had that changed. Mm. So that first year, man, uh, literally I made, um, made just a little under a hundred thousand dollars when I left welding. And then when I went to my first year, uh, the window cleaner, I personally made $25,000 that year. And it, it was a nightmare. I was peeking out my window to see if my car got repoed yet. Yeah. You know, I'm dodging phone calls and we went through all of our savings and you know what I mean? Like everything was gone and it was just like, Oh my gosh, it, you don't feel like a man. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like my yeah. job as a man is to hunt, kill and put something on the table for the family to eat. And it's like, I'm looking out the window and see if my car's still there the next day. You know, every time the car came in at three o'clock in the morning, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's a tow truck, you know? <laughs> and uh, you know, so <laughs> that first year was brutal. And then, you know, the second year was just, it was like our year. It was like, okay, we figured out the formula. And um, it, it, yeah, so it was, it, I'm always, that's why I say, man, get a business coach, get a mentor, um, you know, find a good one, you know, find mm -hmm. one that like for me, it was Howard Partridge and Josh Latimer. I think I was Josh's first uh, mentoree. Um, you were, because I've heard his story about it. He said, Josh's yeah. story was, dude, this guy wouldn't leave me alone. And I kept telling him, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And he finally yep. made a donation to a cause that I love to make me do it. <laughs> and I loved it. I thought, how awesome was that? Oh, you, let me tell you a story, man. Can, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me tell you a story, dude. Josh probably would never tell this story, but Josh, um, he, you know what? He never took any money from me. He said, go give this money to an orphanage. And he said, for every hour I spend to you, just give them 50 bucks, right? 
what I would start to do is I would start to give this, you know, orphanage like five hours worth. And then I would, t- you know, message Josh, Hey bro, you owe me like four hours, you know? Mm-hmm. And Josh would be like, Hey man, that's not how it works. And I was like, well, I already paid it. You know, <laughs> so, there was some, you know, like, you know, for me, I thought it was super cool. Um, that's you know, awesome. here's a dude that's like, yeah, don't pay me, pay this orphanage. And mm-hmm. I was just like, for me, that thought, like for me, like Josh, um, I, Josh, um, like, dude, he's, he's spoke life into me, mentored me like that dude, yeah. like, um, yeah, dude, I can't say enough about, about Josh, man. Same he's, here. He's just, he's a good dude. He's been just, yeah, without him, man, I really don't think I'd be here. You know, and as a matter of fact, I think if you guys to your, to your, uh, demo- oh, son of a bitch, <laughs> please tell me you're back. I'm here. Oh, thank God. Okay. It looked like you left. I'm like, Oh no, this is getting too good. Uh, so Josh Latimer is a part of the drinking game. So we just got some guys like probably really hammered there in the last three minutes. So. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, that's a great story. So we can, we already know what the, the future is here. Like, or, you know, well in this story, like, you know, we know what your president is cause you've told us you've built a business that is now supporting you to do other things that you like. You built a business that's given you the money to be able to pay the bills, but more importantly at the time to go uh, invest in people. So let's go back. You said year two was your year. You know, you said that's when it happened. That's when it clicked. So you got the coaches um, and you started making it happen. I know every person that's listening is saying, Bob, ask him, what was it that he figured out? What was the thing? You know, and of course, I know you can't do every little nitty gritty detail, but what were the major things that you, that you changed that allowed you to start having major success? Okay. The two, two big things. Um, the first one was, um, I heard this saying, uh, I think it was from a guy named Russell Brunson and uh, so I learned a lot from uh, in the marketing world, but it, I was scared to apply what I learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a saying that says amateurs focus on the front end while professionals focus on the back end. Mm-hmm. I was an amateur and I was so scared. So, you know, the rule of thumb is spend 10% in marketing. So say mm-hmm. you do 20 grand a month. I was so scared to spend $2,000 towards marketing. That's, to me, that's one of the major things I feel like I got over was as soon as I learned, don't be afraid of the front end, get excited about how much that $2,000 is going to bring you on the back end. Yeah. And as soon as I made that switch from amateur mentality to the professional mentality, like we'll spend a hundred grand in marketing. Like it's nothing because we we're not afraid of the front end anymore. We're excited about the back end. Now I say that, the second thing that I did was I, I started to learn the levers, so to speak. I knew that every time I stuck a dollar in this machine, it pumped out $4. Yeah. Anything that didn't pump out this money, I would turn it off. I would figure out. So as we started to build our processes and procedures and everything, we could literally start to say, okay, you know, as much as I love EDDM, that's not really working for us because the data, numbers don't lie. People do. The data is telling us it's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the two biggest things that I, that I feel like really changed our business was, we, one, we learned, you know, it's okay. Like, don't be afraid. You know, don't be afraid of the front end. Get excited about the back end. 
and then two, uh, figure out the numbers. Like which, you know, for us it was flyers, for us it was Facebook marketing and Google. Um, I know different people throughout the world, they swear on different things, like, oh, Valpac, you know? Well, it's like, well, Val Valpac doesn't work for us, you know? So, but we weren't scared to figure that out, you know? Yeah. But once we figured it out, it was like, okay, no more Valpac, it's okay. It's expensive in the beginning, but once you figure out, man, it changes everything. Cause now, you know, every time I spend, you know, 40 bucks on a Google, uh, you know, ad, it's going to bring me back a lead. Every time I, I, I spend $27 on a Facebook ad, it's going to bring me back a lead. Every, and you know, this, you know, so it, that's those two things right there, um, really helped us. And then another one was just nailing down that sales process of figuring out. I hear a lot of people always say, well, it's because I have too much competition or it's, oh, my, my prices are too high or, but really it's not always that way. And I, and I, I know this for a fact because we hired a, a, a office manager and our sales started to dip. And then we were able to pinpoint why are those sales dipping? And once we coached them, hey, I'll give me an example. Uh, hey, your prices are too high. Oh, thank you so much for giving us the opportunity um, you know, if you ever need something in the future, let us know. Quit handle it. Hey, Miss Johnson, let us explain to you why our prices are a little bit higher than the other people. You know, we're insured, we're bonded. You know, there's a reason why. It's not that you drive a Mercedes and you have a nice car. So if you can explain these things to people, mm -hmm. you know, these little bitty things, you know, people will say, oh, okay, I understand now, you know, versus thank you. Next time, give us a shot quick. Yeah. And so you know, those three things right there, I think just changed, um, changed our, our trajectory, so to speak. Yeah. That's, those, those are great. Those are just, and what's so awesome. I mean this in a very complimentary way. None of those things are just like groundbreaking. They're all just, yeah, no, I they're didn't just make little, them yeah. simple, basic things. Just like when you were talking, going from selling a la carte to, to, um, to basic deluxe and premium and it just skyrocketed your average ticket price. You know, you just do a bunch of little things like that because I have people that call me and they're like, Bob, what are you doing? You know, and it's this and it's that. And like, Oh my God, what's the magic sauce? And I'm like, man, I just, I look at our business and I'm like, I just don't see any one thing that we do. That's yeah. amazing. We we're just doing the bait. We're, we're blocking. We're tackling. We're doing the basics and it works. Now, I think there's a time. Well, you know what you're doing. Sorry. No, I mean, no, 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 go ahead. Zig Ziglar says it like this, man. It's a wheel. And those wheels have spokes in it. So some people get caught up in what's that one thing? Well, it's not a one thing, man. Because like I said earlier, you can get your, your phone to ring off the hook. But then if you suck at sales, it's kind of like it doesn't even matter. You know, and then you can get your phone to ring off the hook. But it, if you can't get your guys to do the job, this doesn't matter yeah. so when people are like what's the one thing it's kind of like dude you need to go find that will yeah. and then go study all those spokes and it's really only like five spokes on that will so if you can just kind of master spokes, i mean you not even have to master them if you can find people to master them for you because i suck at a lot of these things yep. dude. like i'm not good i i you know i'm tattooed with a beard and i feel like a criminal I, I have a hard time talking to, to multimillionaires, you know, mm -hmm. so I've had to find a way to sell 
that doesn't include me talking to customers, you know, <laughs> which is, you figure that out though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah that's, uh, that's good stuff, Chris. That's good stuff. So I want you to go into two things and you can go in any order you want. I want to know kind of what your, uh, your dream or your why is. And then I also want you to tell me what you're doing right now. And they could be the same thing for all I know, but tell, tell yeah. me a little bit. So I think we've kind of caught up to present day. So what are you doing today and what are you wanting to do, you know, 10 years from now? Yeah. Uh, so man, my whole goal is to, um, you know, you've heard my best and my whole goal is to start a ministry to where we help. Um, I think today, Maybe 10 years ago, it was crazy to be an entrepreneur. Today, I don't think it's so crazy. Um, I want to help, you know, prisoners get out of prison and uh, start start a business. I want to help, uh, you know, hopeless kids whose mom may be a drug addict or crackhead and uh, let them know that there's purpose, there's hope, and you can become an entrepreneur. You know, if you're a dope dealer, you know, I was an entrepreneur before I started a window cleaning business, and I didn't even know it. Um, and I want to, I want to, yeah. So I want to take these principles and I really want to help people that, that have no, cause you know, what really did it for me was I had a, a mentor while I was doing all my felony drug charge stuff and he was in the same boat that I was in. And, um, he's, he, you know, today is a millionaire, multimillionaire. And, uh, I saw him do it and I was like, if he can do it, I can do it. And he was someone who kind of spoke that into me, like, man, let me share with you what I did. He called it Phil Felt Found. You know, I use this in sales all the time. Hey, let me share with you. I know how you feel. Um, I felt the same way. Let me share with you what I found. And uh, he kind of shared his whole sales process on how he did his life and how he changed his whole life around. And uh, that's what I want to do, man. I want to help people. I want to use my business um, to help people. Uh, achieve their goals and achieve their dreams it's a squeegee you know what i mean it's bleach you know i mean dude you can you can you can make even on the low end a quarter million dollars a year with a squeegee you know what i mean on the high end just say you don't do a million dollars you know you can do mm. a half a million dollars and still make a hundred grand in profit um you know then that's why like i'm not supposed to be here you know i don't have a million dollar business but dude we i live a really good life I, you know live on the lake and pool in the backyard and, you know like we live a good good life man and i want to share that with people and 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 share like you know you don't have to be a dope dealer you don't have to be a drug addict and even if you are even if you are an addict you can still overcome it you know what i mean you can still um you know you can still live your dream life by building your dream business and that's really what i want to do um so we you know we did the copycat entrepreneur we're still uh i i actually you there i heard something. yeah yeah no we're still here okay so um you know we started the copycat entrepreneur just to share with people i didn't invent nothing i'm just a huge copycat like i've copied uh, josh and howard and, and, and I'm not, you know, reinventing anything. I've just, you know, so we did the copycat on we're still doing that. I haven't been so vocal about it because we're relaunching a whole nother thing about it all for free, just to kind of help people um, grow in their business and grow um, as a person really, man. Cause that's, 
to me, that's really what it's all about is, is if you're a husband or a father and you're just getting out of prison, you have hope. I mean, you can, you can start a, a, a window cleaning business if you wanted to, you know? That's cool. You know, I got, I need to talk to you about something when we get off the air. I can't talk about it publicly yet, but uh, I got something cool that you might be interested in. So, Chris, first off, I want to say this. You're, uh, I think the first guest that I've had has more tattoos than me, and I'm a little <laughs> jealous of that. Um, do you, uh, <laughs> but do you have a tattoo? Do you have a portrait of your mother-in-law tattoo like I do? No. No? I, I, I don't know if you can still see me, but I got one right here. I don't know. Can you see that? Hold on. Hold on. I can... <laughs> don't go anywhere for those of you watching you've already seen it yes. I don't know. oh the grim the grim reaper got it yep <laughs> oh this is my favorite joke yeah. oh and my wife that's hey, it my my wife <laughs> my wife is just walking perfect in. timing perfect <laughs> timing perfect timing love it love, love it. you baby love you you need to get out of here <laughs> please leave stop that door with clothes <laughs> anyway no man i i uh I love I love ink. I can't wait to get more. So I like I want I almost want to uh, just get like all you know full sleeves and and my whole damn head done just so I can make myself uh, grow the business and not be talking to those multimillionaires myself either. But um, that's right. So listen, we're about to transition a little bit now. You've already talked about um, you've already talked about uh, the copycat entrepreneur, which I don't know is that live right now on uh online copy that the copycat entrepreneur.com uh the copycat entrepreneur.com is still being built everything right now is at the copycat entrepreneur.org dot org okay all right so people yep. can go there and we're going to talk about that a little bit and and if you have any other any other stuff going but before we do i've got to ask the question that all of my listeners need to know do you know what question this is coming up no, sir. Okay. So all me and all the listeners now know that you don't ever listen to the podcast. So thanks. Thanks for the support. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, I kid, I kid, but not really. Um, oh, before I get into that, Chris, why'd you block me on Facebook, man? Yeah, about that, dude. That was a complete <laughs> accident, bro. That was like I, someone called me and said, hey, bro, you need to unblock Bobby Walker. And I was like, he's not blocked. And they're like, you know, he says that he, he can't. It was Zeke, actually. Zeke says, hey, man, he's trying to get a hold of you. Yeah. And I was like, well, tell him to call me, you know, or tell him to get a message me. He's like, he can't because he, you're blocked him on face. So with that being said, Bobby, just so you know, my best friend, Charles, uh, who, who does Christmas lights, I may have seen him. Yep. I, I know blocked Charles. him on Facebook. Yeah, so I blocked him on Facebook one day. And I had no clue. So I talked to Charles all the time, man. And one day I'm over there. I'm just like, dude, I blocked you on Facebook and didn't even know it. That's why I don't see you on your stuff anymore. That's <laughs> funny, man. I don't know. I don't uh, know. I, 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 I don't. I, I seriously, it wasn't on purpose. It, it wasn't a uh, screw Bobby Walker. That dude sucks, man. I don't know, dude. <laughs> this doesn't make me feel any better. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I feel hurt. I feel hurt and betrayed. But I'm sorry, bro. I'm so I'm glad sorry. you're here. I'm so glad you're here. All right, so here's the question. You are about to be in a fight to the death, okay? And you have to choose your opponent. And you get to choose from two. You either have to fight 
a horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses? What say you? One. You'd rather fight the big one. I just want to fight one thing, man. Oh my god! I just want to. I I have ADD. I have severe ADD. There, there's no way I could keep focused on a million things or a hundred things or five things. Just let them be like, oh, what's going on here? So I like that one thing, man. I'm gonna attack that one thing. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with you guys. It's like damn near half my audience or half my 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 guests are choosing this giant duck. All right, here's. I, That's right. You know what? I'm going to just say a couple things. One, you're wrong. You should go with the little ones. But two, when we get off here, you need to go go Google inside a duck's mouth. And then you tell me you want to fight one of those things that's as big as a horse. They're, they're terrifying. They're horrifying. Oh, my God. So, all right. Well, that was that. So, Chris, uh, before uh, I, I have you share any other ways that people can get in touch with you or any other uh, things that you have out there that they may want to look at, uh, I want you to take just a minute. You've actually shared so much already, but do you have anything else that you feel that you need to share with the new guys? I've got a lot of my audience are young entrepreneurs. And when I say young, I don't mean they're not necessarily young people, but they're, they're guys that either want to start or they've just started and they're really trying to get over that hump of being an owner operator. Do you have any words of wisdom for those guys that you haven't shared already? Not the, not the one, the amateurs focus on the front end professionals focus on the back end. That to me, I want to repeat that because yeah. um, I, I think it's important to ask, like matter of fact, when I go speak somewhere, that's a question that I ask, like, answer it are you a professional or are you an amateur because you'll know it by is it scary or, does, or do you get excited mm-hmm. um so you know don't be afraid to spend the marketing dollars if you know the level works you know if you don't know the level works level works then you know test it um second i want to say, say this man because a lot of people are getting into business just thinking that it's so easy i'll just actually um i may not put a whole lot of content out there anymore but i do talk to a lot of business owners on a day-to-day basis and one of the things that I, I just, I, I hear almost weekly is I want to start a business and I'm thinking about quitting today and starting my business. And I, I want to say before you do that, man, like, you know, I, I'm a big Zig Ziglar fan. Zig Ziglar says uh, you were born to win, but the only way that you uh, can be, that you can win is if you uh, plan to first plan to win and then prepare to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to say like, don't, don't just go quit your job, you know, before you plan and prepare, you know, um, I, I see a lot of guys, man, that are, that are husbands and fathers and they'll just go quit their job with no money in the bank. Um, you know, like don't do something scary out of pride and ego. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, make sure you have all your ducks in a row. It's okay. It's okay, man. Make sure you have three to six months, you know, in the bank account, make sure that you have a lot. Cause those do that first year. Um, you're either in growth mode or profit mode. And that first year, dude, you're in growth mode. You should be buying as many customers as you can. If it costs you 40, 50, 60 bucks a customer, you should be spending 40, 60, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks every time you can to purchase those customers. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't go into business, you know, with $0 in your bank account, hoping that you're going to be able to provide for your family. So this, especially for you uh, fathers out there, your husbands and, and, and mothers and wives that are wanting to start a business, you know, just 
hoping and wishing that it that it um, goes good, man. Like prepare, plan, and then you'll win. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. All right, Chris, tell these guys uh, if you got anything else going that you'd like them to know about, and tell them how they can get in touch with you if you want them to be able to get in touch with you. Absolutely. Um, so Facebook uh, at LMW Chris, uh, LMW Chris. Um, we just are launching a brand new podcast. This isn't uh, business related at all. It's called the You Suck Podcast. Um, this is finding the areas in life that you suck at and, and overcoming them, becoming a better person and uh, saying um, we, we have two episodes out right now, episode zero and then episode number one with me and my wife on it. Um, the next episode, we're going to get into talking about addiction. I, uh, I struggle with addiction and um, it's something that I, I feel like I want to start sharing with people and uh, letting them know that it, it's okay. Um, and that, you know, even as you go through the journey, you can still win, you know, you can still be a winner and, and a husband and a father and, and, uh, just, just, so that's on YouTube at the You Suck Podcast. Um, nice. also on Facebook, uh, at the You Suck Podcast. We're, we haven't really done too much promotion on it as, uh, I want to get a bunch of content out there and then start promoting it. But, uh, we already do have two episodes on the YouTube. Uh, the copycatentrepreneur.org. There's over two dozen videos on there. Uh, how to upsell, how to do Facebook marketing. Um, I mean, you name it from sales to, to marketing, to trainings, to whatever it is, uh, we're going to be switching over to the copycatentrepreneur.com. Uh, that's going to have a bunch of free resources. Uh, we're going to be putting out every office system that we have, every marketing system that we have, every sales system that we have. Uh, and we're just going to kind of just give that away uh, to, for free and in hopes that we can start to help um, people that may not um, have very much start a business. You know, maybe they're just getting out of prison. Uh, maybe they have the same story as me with their parents being a drug addict. And uh, so the whole idea of the copycountrepreneur.com is, uh, is kind of our, our top of the funnel. Uh, everything's free just to kind of give everything out there and then uh, we'll start doing the bottom of the funnel uh, later on. So awesome. that's all I got, man. You suck podcast and the copycat entrepreneur. All right, dude. Well, listen, thank you, Chris, so much for joining us. Hang on the line. I want to talk to you just for a little bit when we get off here, guys, thank you for listening to the show. You're my family. You're, 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 you're my people. You're my team, except for those of you that like, just don't like me and you're still listening. And I just want to say two things. One, I want to say thank you for the free rent in your head. I appreciate that. And two, stop being a bitch. Stop being a bitch. Go out, go out there. Do the things that you want in life. Make, make your life what you want. And don't listen to people like me that you don't like. All right. So, <laughs> so anyway, Bobby Walker, Journey of a New Entrepreneur. And I just want to say this, guys. If you're not doing things you want in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.